You're listening to Revolutionary Mystic, a subversive spirituality podcast where witches of color are disrupting, dismantling, and decolonizing mainstream spirituality with intersectional feminism, ancestral magic, and revolutionary thought. One unapologetic, real talk conversation at a time. Featuring your host, international psychic medium, hoodoo root worker, and astrologer, Megan Alexandria. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast. I'm your host, Metzli Alexandria. Joining me today, I have the awesome privilege and honor of chatting with our special guest, Lauren Davis, for a special spooky season episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Lauren also enjoys spooky season just about as much as I do, if not more. Um, And so, you know, I felt it was just appropriate to uh, go from Alexis's episode prior to this one to speaking with Lauren um, to get some more uh, perspective on you know, different witches that aren't necessarily represented in, like, mainstream spirituality, like, culture, um, things that aren't necessarily, like, the stereotypical love and light, and so, you know, welcome to the spooky season episodes. Um, (laughs) Hi, Lauren, can you tell us about who you are for folks at home that are meeting you, like, for their very first time, what your identities are, your pronouns, etc.? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, that was a wonderful introduction. So, <laughs> um, so I am a performance, a ritual performance artist. Um, I am a chaos magician. I let's see, what else do I? <laughs> I am several business owners. I facilitate meditations and sound baths. Um, I identify as she, her. Um, I am of Navajo descent as well as uh, Latina and Welsh, which is where Davis comes from. So thanks, Dad, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, did I, did I miss anything else? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's totally um, exactly what, you know, we would need to know. And then I wanted to ask you if you could share with folks, I know you do so many things. Um, like I have them all listed out in front of me. And um, Let's start with, like, you said you're a ritual performance artist and a chaos Mm -hmm. magician. So for folks that are not from the Bay Area or (laughs) California, um, because that's a a fairly, like, um, you know, like, people here tend to see more of that than I imagine, like, in other parts of the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you mind explaining to folks, like, what ritual performance art is and like how does the chaos magic play into that for you sure um ritual performance art is uh basically a ritual performed in front of an audience okay Um, we we are doing ritual we are setting intention uh there's ritual action there that would normally go unseen but um in this case with Coven of Ashes, there is a collective intention and we are all um, not only performing this ritual for each other and together, we're performing it uh, for an audience as well. So they kind of get like a sneak peek of what goes on sort of behind the curtain or behind the red tent. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it. I, I met you through belly dance back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. and uh, I was actually because of my performances I was banned from a few um, <laughs> <laughs> I was banned from a few um, conventions because what I was doing was too dark <laughs> and um, you know I, I understand that things need to be family friendly I thought that what I was giving them was still family friendly there wasn't any real blood or anything on the stage but it was it was spooky you know yeah and um 
around the same time that I began my belly dance journey, I also discovered um, a Japanese movement style called Buko. And that just really resonated with me more. There was like no holds barred, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. And that became like a moving meditation for me. So performing even just strictly Bhutto was a ritual for me. Um, there's there's a ritual in, in all performance, I think, even getting up and brushing your teeth is a ritual. Yeah. Um, but putting this type of thing that, that sort of goes unseen, um, putting that on stage in front of people, I think there's a certain power with that um that you don't normally get to see a lot of a lot of rituals happen where you have to be invited they happen behind closed doors it's not really something that is um put out there in front of a general public audience with no real basis for what it is that you're doing so the art part of it definitely uh comes from the audience perspective of if they don't understand what it is that you're doing, um, to them, it's just something really interesting to look at that they're going to go ahead and put their, uh, their experiences and, and their idea of what that is behind um, the performance for them. Yeah. Um, they don't need, they don't need to know, but they certainly, there's certainly audience members that do understand what it is that we're doing. Yeah, definitely. And I think you uh, said something really important. And that's that most times, like ritual does happen in private or um, behind closed doors. And what's unique about what you do is that it is brought to an audience. And I think that that's like, you know, kind of revolutionary in a respect that like, like you, you even said, like performance culture has even attempted to censor <laughs> um, mm-hmm. what type of uh, sacred performance is brought to their audience. And um, it feels to me like it's totally right in line because I, you know, I'm familiar with that community too. It reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of like the spiritual community because I got told the same things <laughs> a lot when I was in belly dance. Um, you know, like people, we got to like pick our own, you know, colors for different things. Like you could pick your own costuming and there was always a caveat. It was like, all right, so you all can like pick what color skirts you're wearing, yada, yada, yada. And then it was like, and you, (laughs) you're not allowed to wear all black. And I was like, damn it. All right, fine. Purple, black and gray. Let's go. Um, (laughs) You know? And so like, it feels like it reminds me of like this um, very familiar thing in the spiritual community where it's very like, uh, like kind of like whitewashed or like uh, spiritual bypassy where it's, you know, just all of this like toxic positivity bullshit and, you know, trying to portray these sacred things, whether it's spirituality or fuck dance or like ritual. um, Yeah like in just one and through one lens and in one light literally um and to say that like what you do is like too dark or it's not family friendly is so fucking colonial <laughs> yeah it it really is and and i have to say what i was inspired by when i got into belly dance what made me take those classes initially was i was going to a lot of underground events in san francisco and oakland And I was seeing these ritual performances. Um, I remember the first time I saw there was a group called Lapsus uh, Mm -hmm. led by Carrie Lingwell. And they came out, they were doing belly dance, fire performing, and just it was to black metal and they were screaming and there was blood all over, like pouring from their crotch. And I was like, I want to do that. That Mm -hmm. is exactly what I want to be involved in. What's the first step? Belly dance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I immediately went for like the tribal fusion stuff because it definitely felt more seductive. You know, these dancers didn't necessarily feel that it was important for them to be glitzy, glammy and smile. And Mm -hmm. it just felt more provocative. And that's, that's what pulled me into that. Um, and Ariella's um, shadow dance 
uh, event that she holds every year, there's a huge element of ritual in that. So I, I thought when I was dipping into the the belly dance world that I thought there was going to be more of that, but you know, it's, it was pretty limited. It was um, pretty limited. Yeah. And, and when I got in, it was just like, oh, I guess we are the outsiders still, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, and also to be like, kind of like, um, like pigeonholed into like, oh, well, that's, that's the like goth belly dance, like, like whatever, which like, yeah, sure, fine. And it's also like, I don't know, it, it's like, it feels like an othering, in a, in a mm-hmm. sense. And um, when they do, when anyone does othering, it's like, to create some type of like hierarchy, like there's like true belly dance, and then there's gothic belly dance, you know, and right, so, right. Um, yeah, that was always, uh, hard to reckon with too. And like, I, I think it's, um, interesting that you mentioned about like smiling, uh, because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, people joke about like resting bitch face and resting witch face. Um, and you know, like you're indigenous, like I am. So then there's on top of that, like (laughs) resting native face too. Right. Um, like your regalia, it's serious time right now. Like I'm, I'm in my headspace. I'm going to focus. Like it's not, I I don't know. I equate like the smiling with kind of like burlesque and stuff like that. It's just, it's very showy, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just wasn't, wasn't into that style. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I can totally fucking relate because that was a critique I always got was like, smile, oh, yeah. you're not smiling, you didn't <laughs> smile the whole time, you know, and it, it's it's actually like really fucked up though too, if you think about it, like my lived experience, your lived experience is totally different than that of like, you know, um, belly dancers who aren't of marginalized identities, like, mm-hmm. you know, telling us like, you need to be smiling, like this is a performance, like, or like is this sacred expression of dance or ritual performance is it supposed to be authentic you know like yeah 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 right and so um you know i i super appreciated always like seeing um the stuff that you do and i love shadow dance too um i don't know if there's gonna be a shadow dance this year because of covid Probably not. Yeah, it, it's it's usually announced by like July if it's happening. So yeah. I think it's last year uh, was amazing. Kevin got to perform and it was like one of my oh, moments because, you know, I I had been such a fan of Ariella and Shadowdance for years and years and years. And it was always like the apex of one of my belly dance dreams to be a part of that show and how funny that like, almost 10 years later I get to be a part of it but with something completely different yeah (laughs) than belly dance but that's what was so wonderful about that event I don't want to say was so wonderful because it's probably going to continue after COVID but um you know that that Ariella invites uh multiple disciplinaries to perform at her events and they're all valid and they're all beautiful and yeah. It's heavy, heavy on the darkness, heavy on the ritual, heavy on the shadow self. And I I've love it. <laughs> super been about that. Yeah. I love it. I, um, you know, the few times I've gone to shadow dance for folks at home who've never experienced one, it's, it's an event that is in and of itself, like a sacred space um, with a community that is, very open to all that type of subject matter and these you know performances like it it, the whole thing the whole night feels like a continuous ritual you Mm -hmm. know and the space feels like a ritual space and i've seen stuff at um at shadow dance that like i have never seen anywhere else um and it's just like incredible it feels expanding like expand expansive you know whereas like other um events or you know performances might be like more of the same but you get to see some things that uh you don't normally get to see because society tends to like shy away from or shun you know what they perceive to be like you know dark or um whatnot and 
it's so perfectly timed too because it's like right before Halloween usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you're like already like feeling those vibes. It just feels like like perfect timing. Um, it, so it is, and like Ariella will actually she does ahead of time before anybody gets there. She sets the space. There is an altar at the stage for every shadow dance, and the performers are welcome to put anything on there that they're uh, wanting to either charge or dedicate or offerings or anything like that. And um, what I really love about the the darker performances that she pulls is that they're they're completely. I mean, they're international. You're getting mm-hmm. throat singing. You're getting you know, some styles of African dance. Um, you're getting the belly dance, of course. You're getting Bhutto performances. You're getting flush hook suspensions and energy pulls and stuff like that. So it's, it's they're pulling from everywhere. They're pulling the shadows from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and you can, like, feel it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, with it comes an intensity, and you can like really get an energetic sense of every performance um and like for me like as a as a psychic medium watching those things and like somebody who I really love the paranormal um like I could always like really tell like when somebody is uh like evoking a spirit or like really like taking them in and doing like a partial possession um throughout their performance like that's fucking rad like we don't ever get to see stuff like that you know that's um, my kink yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know possession it is, possession <laughs> is totally my kink <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm writing that down <laughs> um will you so let's talk about that some because uh, that's one of the things that you know i really adore about your work um because like I said, I love the paranormal. It's my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting to see it in, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Bhutto when you talk about that type of stuff, I, right? I'm talking about, yeah, I mean, I definitely utilize, um, you know, opening my channels during Bhutto, but it, it especially works when you know the uh, for me at least it works Mm -hmm. when the flesh is broken and I can completely empty myself and just become a vessel um I I obviously practice this um within my own personal rituals I have a super it's probably to my detriment but I have a super open willingness to invite whatever into my space and Mm. um I just I go to it I go into it without fear um I think fear is you know the enemy and uh, we all experience it doesn't mean I don't experience it but I want to know what's on the other side of that fear so I I completely open myself up and um it happens uh with Bhutto it's it's sort of an invocation um to spirit in order to kind of manifest the movements that i'm doing and let whatever spirit comes through me uh influence what it is that i'm doing uh movement wise the the original intent for buto um it's the full name is ankoku buto or the dance of utter darkness and the original intent for that was um the representation of the souls of Hiroshima re-inhabiting their bodies. And um, it was beautiful. It was very counterculture for the 1960s. It was, um, there was a lot of like LGBT plus uh, themes that were going on that were super, super like not being done at that time at all. And um I just, I I really loved how you could really do anything. It was for every body. Um, There was no specific body type that that had to um, exist within. Um, You could create anything. It was just like a completely open portal. And merging that idea with uh, what I already did in my own practice 
um, and allowing things to come through me, uh, it was, it felt very natural to just, it's almost like automatic writing, but you're doing it with dance instead. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun, but you know, I, I know that a lot of people might have some concern for, um, me just inviting whatever the hell in, um, I don't go in unprotected. Um, it's definitely something that I, I feel that I have enough control over to where if there was, there was something that negative within me. Um, definitely. It's, it's, it's expressed. It is, it's expressed. It's put away. It's contained. I've never had any problems um, afterwards. Um, I embrace that shit. So. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I love, um, you know, that you mentioned like folks might like, you know, be concerned <laughs> about yeah. your safety, you know, but like the truth is like you're a grown ass adult, number one. Um, and never too sometimes well yeah right (laughs) and it's like you are consenting to this you're aware of the risks you know Mm -hmm. and um from where I sit like as both a medium and uh, a paranormal investigator like you nailed it with going into this like without fear is Mm -hmm. huge number one um because those shadow uh entities and spirits and things like that you know that they can really feed off that's when you get into a fucky situation you know yeah yeah exactly is they you know tend to prey on like vulnerability but if you approach them like in your power Mm -hmm. and with respect you know, it's, I, and I always tell folks, like, imagine, like, it, it's just like somebody in the real physical world, you know, like, if you approach somebody, um, you know, firm in your, your ground and with respect, like, you're going to have, chances are a lot better of an interaction. Um, and so I think it's really cool, like, to hear that you haven't had any, like, negative, um, like, fallout from doing all of this, because, like, I'll be honest, like, that's, you know, really kind of miraculous and awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that means what you're doing is, like, really, really working. Um, and having I mean, your- I can say, I can say that there was one negative experience I had that was not related necessarily to any entity. Mm-hmm. It more had to do with um, a blockage of trauma in my body. Uh-huh. Um, there was a performance that we did for Coven of Ashes that, um, basically I was doing a suspension where it's called the resurrection where you're pierced below, uh, the breast tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, so right, right along the ribs and you're lifted up and it's called the resurrection cause it looks like this holy thing. Um, you're kind of bent backwards and Um, The ritual was that I had asked the women of Coven to gather around me and in lipstick write a word or a mantra of trauma that they had experienced from uh, some patriarchal figure in their life. And as I was rising, they were screaming their response to that trauma. And... um, that shit got stuck in me. Like I was a complete open vessel to receive what, what their traumas were. And I didn't do enough work on my end to transmute that trauma as I was raising. So, um, I realized that almost immediately after the ritual was done (laughs) and, um, I, I got pretty, in my head and was feeling very suicidal in the days presiding. And, and it was actually, uh, I, I was so desperate to get out of that headspace that it was the first time that I reached out to anybody for Reiki. Um, yeah. because I was, I have such an aversion to any kind of white light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I went to this Reiki practitioner, um, shout out to Kristen Duan. Um, she, you know, is very familiar with the dark side of things and she accepts those things. Um, she's an amazing Reiki practitioner and teacher, and she was able to 
identify where everything was stuck and where it was stuck. She had no idea where I was suspended from, but it was all stuck in the area that I was suspended from. So it just, I created a block somehow that it just all sort of, you know, it was like, like hair in the drain, right? It just kind of collected there and she was able to move that for me. And, And I, going going into it I was like I'm not into the white light thing I don't know how I feel about this and she's like don't think about it as white light think Mm -hmm. about it as fire and I was like now I I gotcha I got I got it now this this makes sense to me now (laughs) so and and it was beautiful I had a really amazing experience and it definitely helped me so um yeah shout out to her yeah, no. getting me through that. <laughs> that's like powerful. And, you know, like that's also like testament to like, so when things do, do go like quote unquote like wrong or like, you know, not as we intended or expected, like it doesn't have to be like, of course, you know, you reached a really like low place that maybe was like unsafe temporarily, but like mm-hmm. it sounds like ultimately was kind of like a learning experience for you too and a healing experience know your resources you know um we're all powerful beings and it is within our power to uh get the help that we need um and not just like suffer in silence like we can all call upon somebody with a little extra knowledge that we may not have um, I know nothing about Reiki. Um, it was a notion that was that I really pushed away from myself because I'm so deeply in, enveloped in this dark world. <laughs> and um, and when she explained it that like that to me, I was um, it definitely opened some channels in me for balance, even. Yeah, and like I just I really appreciate uh, you sharing that with us, and like there's a bit of representation. I don't know that like folks at home like are catching, but I'm catching because I relate to, um, like, it's okay if you don't like identify with, uh, the, like (laughs) what, like the white light or the, you know, love and light, like all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. if you don't identify with that mainstream, um, narrative, I guess, or perspective and if you're like myself or like Lauren you know like there are those of us that are just naturally like this is I don't know about you Lauren but like nobody made me this way this is how I am yeah yeah it's and, it's always I mean I was in you know elementary school you know how they how you have like your school clothes and then you come home and you change into your house clothes. Mm-hmm. My house clothes was uh, an Elvira costume. <gasps> and so it was like, it was like from childhood, I was just attracted to this thing and there was no, nothing prior to that, that like made me go that route. It's just always been in there. Just, just always really attracted to Lauren. Uh, everything that <laughs> Where the what? hell were you in like, like my <laughs> early years? I swear. So like my mom will straight up tell you like I literally same age kindergarten. I too had an Elvira costume <laughs> and um, like I, you know, went to school dressed like Catwoman mm-hmm. and you know, like all of that stuff. Like we're talking, like you said, like five years old, Yeah, like, yeah. you know, talk about baby goth um yeah and and baby, nobody baby yeah nobody made us that way we we just are this way and that's okay you know and like it, it's like in fact you get made fun of for doing stuff like that it's like totally nobody nobody was encouraging me to do that <laughs> by any means I just yeah. I felt comfortable that way yeah and you know I think one of the things that I like to think of about like folks like you know, you or me or like Ariella, um, any of my other favorite Raven, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, any of my other favorite folks that just are naturally uh, enveloped in the dark world, like you said, it's, it's like, perhaps we're just part of the damn balance, you know, and perhaps it's the folks that have all this like white light shit. They just have more access to the mic. And mm-hmm. th- that's why it's like the dominant narrative. But that doesn't mean it's like any better than us. It's just different, you know? 
It is. And I think, I think where that comes from is that like society in general is like just starting to get comfortable with the idea of uh, personal power. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more palatable to uh, sell that when it's positive. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I found, found it very difficult to find um, places to perform, especially the dark ambient sound bath. Um, I usually go to like yoga studios and stuff like that. And they're like, no, we don't want that dark shit in our space. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you you have a yin and a yang in your sign. Do you not know what that means? Totally. <laughs> and so it's, you know, there's there's a lot of like, you know, this, this um, you know, this under like double speak kind of thing where they just really don't know um, about the balance that they preach about. Uh, they think that the balance is, you know, uh, expunging anything negative with the white light and that's not really what it's about at all yeah and like the grand irony there is what you are speaking about like their reaction to you and your offerings is like that to me that's the shadow of the light side you know like that's that's their fucking shadow right like like, i'm like oh you're not looking so like accepting and like peaceful (laughs) over there you're looking pretty fucking judgmental (laughs) you know what i mean exactly exactly and it's like it's it's their space you know um sorry the long beach yep (laughs) (laughs) They're, okay, they're gone. But yeah, that's it's definitely the darker side of the um, of the white light community, and I I don't want to pigeonhole them either. There's a lot of people that um, are very accepting of the balance, and we've been able to find places uh, that accept our types of performances, whether it's Kevin of Ashes or Dark Ambient Sound Bath. Um, there, there are places that are very accepting of that stuff and, and open-minded awesome. and, and it happens to be very much in California and the Bay area and, uh, pre COVID we were, we were asked to perform, uh, the sound bath in New York and Portland and all the places that are very progressive. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So we talked about a little bit about Coven of Ashes, which essentially is your ritual performance art mm-hmm. where you guys do the flesh hooking and the body yeah. suspension and things like that. Um, now you also mentioned your other project, um, ambient sound bath. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, what that is what that's about yeah so I mean it's a great segue because this leads right into um what I was noticing in the the healing community um I was going through a really rough time uh with my own mental health Mm -hmm. and in addition to therapy um group therapy personal therapy I decided like hey I've heard of these things called sound baths I'm so attracted to sound like it really moves me. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't see why or how this couldn't help me even more um, to do this sort of sound healing and um, traditional sound baths, you know, you're, you're laying down. It's a very relaxing womb like uh, uh, room ambiance and they have crystal bowls and chimes and gongs and, rain sticks and beautiful beautiful things um so i started going to this one in la and um as i think it was like maybe even the first sound bath i'm laying there and i'm listening to this it's beautiful and i'm getting chills and i'm like this would be so much better with like darker music (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) and it's it's really just like you know that's who I am but I can't be the only fucking one thinking that you know yeah there there has to be more people even in this room of 60 people there has to be more that feel like the black sheep in this situation and um I'm more than willing to open myself to the white light stuff um I do it with some resistance, but I, I'm very open-minded and I will put myself in a situation like that where I'm like going in, I know it's going to be super white lady, but I want to hear him out and I want to see if it helps me. 
Um, yeah. I will put myself in the situation where I'll, I'll be forced to experience it because why the fuck not? Yeah. But um, you know the the other way around doesn't exist too often. <laughs> um, however, I I did notice a change. So so. I got this idea. I was, you know, going to these sound baths. I got this idea that like, um, you know, I've already done all this like suspension facilitation and done a bunch of like ritual performances and led people through guided meditation. I knew all these, you know, musicians in LA and the Bay area that uh, made, you know, either dark, ambient music or noise or industrial stuff like that mainly electronic music mm -hmm. and so I, I literally created a group chat and put every single musician that I knew in this group chat and I was like yo here's my idea I want to do a sound bath this is what the sound baths are if you're not familiar I want to do a dark version of this where we're pulling from ideas that uh, sound darker but have the same uh, goal in mind, which is healing. Mm -hmm. We're just coming at it from a different perspective. And I got a few uh, interested musicians and we started working together. Uh, the first theme, uh, which is my favorite still, was exorcism. And the idea of that was sort of taking um, this, this um, I'm, I work with Kali mainly as uh, a deity uh, within my practice and the Hindu idea of demons, she is the demon slayer, right? Mm -hmm. The Hindu idea of demons are that they're not necessarily outside entities, but they are demons within ourselves. So mm -hmm. she is an archetype of uh, a demon slayer that will help you realize and destroy the negative attributes that you possess. And so that's kind of where I was coming from with the exorcism sound bath was getting people to really identify uh, the shit that lies within them that they need to purge in order to move forward and, and invite that positivity in. We all have blockages. We all have trauma. Um, and I really just, I, I, yeah, possession. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's not literally like, you know, you're, you're doing like a, a, you know, the exorcist, your heads are spinning and you're not, nobody's throwing up. Like it's, um, it's a very intense experience that you take yourself through and you realize, uh, identify and realize what those attributes are that you're trying to get rid of. And then we, I guide them through a meditation where they, where they really identify with those things. And then we go into a breath work, a holotropic breath work, which is very intense. Um, and this breath work gets you not only into a liminal space within your mind, but it kind of exhausts you to the point where um, you almost get a little bit high. Um, mm -hmm. You're also um, just really kind of struggling to get there. It's, it's the way that I explain it a little bit to, especially to my suspension friends is like, you know, we do this deep breathing in order to do the suspensions it's very similar where we're about to experience something really traumatic to the body or the soul. So we got to do this like real intense breath work in order to take ourselves through that threshold. Yeah. And then that threshold, like right on the other side of that threshold within the sound bath is this primal scream. And it is one of the most beautiful experiences from an outside point of view to hear a room full of 45 people screaming their trauma out. Um, and sometimes it's very short and sometimes it lasts a few minutes and it's every time it's intense, but yeah. I've had people just shaking and crying. I've had to like go over and hold people on the ground because they just, you know, when, when all of the screams die down, they're just still so moved and affected by what's going on um, within themselves to try to, you know, have that accountability and, and remove those things for themselves, which is 
super fucking empowering. Like, yes, yeah. you're going to go to a dark place, but you're going to come out on the other side with some fucking fire behind your ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, <sighs> definitely not traditional. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it. Like, <sighs> every time you've come up here, well, you know, like I'm chronically ill and I live all the way up mm-hmm. in Santa Rosa, but um, mm-hmm. it hasn't worked out. And now that COVID's here, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, we, I really we are doing them virtually. <laughs> oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're on, uh, if you visit our, our website there, we put, we're doing like condensed versions of them because, you know, when we come back, it's, it, it's, best experience like the full version in the room with everybody so we're just giving people like a little taste of what it is that you would get in a full sound bath um I still want to help people I offer it for free it's donation based if they feel like it but um we'll we'll keep them online for about two months and then we drop that off and put the new one in so that you're constantly getting a flow of like different experiences to have so um, we have a bunch of themes they're all darkly themed but they all have a purpose behind them and and the purpose is healing it's just looking at it from a different point of view Um, I definitely pull from this Jungian analytical theory of all of this shit exists within ourselves and within our, our shadow it's subconscious sometimes it's completely unconscious um But all of that exists within us already. It's just up to us to pull it all out and examine it and identify what we want to do with it. Yeah, it gives you some, um, it like, you know, brings out your autonomy and uh, your spiritual sovereignty, which is really fucking cool. Absolutely. Um, I know, like, in uh, my Facebook group, um, it's come up numerous times where folks are like can we do like a we need like a primal scream and so this is perfect (laughs) like all of you all who've been wanting you know um a really cool place to do that um now you can from anywhere it sounds you know virtually yeah we haven't done the exorcism one virtually i'm still trying to figure out I mean, it's one thing to, like, instruct people to scream at home, but, you know, their neighbors, like, (laughs) (laughs) yes, it's it's a little different when we have, like, a very enclosed space to do this sort of thing. Um, I just, I don't know if people will be comfortable um, just screaming at the top of their lungs in their, in their apartment, in their home, (laughs) in their room, whatever (laughs) it is. Um, And that's, that's kind of the point, right? Is, yeah how many places do we have to just let that shit out we don't really have that many places where it's acceptable to just fucking scream and uh explore that trauma so it's like the dark ambient sound bath is definitely creating that i hate using the word safe space because it's very much uh a place that's challenging for for your safety right like your idea of a safe space this is pushing that envelope and getting you out of your safe zone but um you know I I I think it's so incredibly helpful for people I've I've had people come up to me afterwards and they're like you know I had issues with like holding on to the sexual trauma or um you know this even like patriarchal trauma things like that like it's it's helped a lot of people with a lot of different problems all across the board. And at the very base level, if you're not moved by it spiritually or it's not doing anything for you uh, in an emotional or mental capacity, it's just a really interesting way to listen to music. (laughs) I think it'd be a really fucking awesome way to listen to music at the very least, you know? Like, how often do you get to listen to music while laying down in a room full of people, you know? (laughs) That in and of itself just sounds like healing and moving. Um, Right. I'm curious, like, (laughs) so the paranormal nerd in me is Mm -hmm. very curious, um, especially during something like the exorcism one. Do Mm -hmm. you find that, do people, like, expel any, like, 
entities or um, like shadow beings, like after all is said and done, or do mm -hmm. you see anything like moving in the shadows while this is happening? Like, you know, does it bring any of those types of things into this space? Like, have you noticed anything like that? I have not particularly noticed any outside entities visiting what we're doing. I do do a cleansing before, during, and after. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure if, you know, setting that space for that is not inviting outward entities. Like what we're dealing with is completely internal yeah. and very specific to the person. Um, I definitely have had feedback from a few people, I, I want to say like one or two people um, who are very uh, into the white light thing. And they said that they had experienced stuff that scared them. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. This is why I have liability forms, honey. Like <laughs> Totally, totally. And also like, it, it doesn't really, I mean, sure. Yeah. It speaks to like a little bit to like the, the power of the event, but like, it more so to me, I'm like, that says, you know, what's within you, you know, like, damn, exactly. like, exactly. If, you, if you experience something scary, like, you need to look at that, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're uncovering some shit you didn't even know you had in you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and, you know, that's, like, one of my favorite ways to, like, look at Shadow, too, is it's just, like, what we don't necessarily look at, you know, it's mm -hmm. in the shadow. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be scary. Uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't. So Actually, I wanted to mention, like, what the reason I got into even shadow work in general and dealing with darker entities was I listened to um, a podcast when I was, like, I think I was in high school. And I'm not sure if you're familiar uh, with this uh, woman called Sorceress Cagliastro. And she's in New York. Um, I don't think she does podcasts anymore, but she definitely does do uh, workshops and classes and stuff like that. She, she's the author of several really amazing books on the subject. Um, she, this particular podcast, um, up until my high school years, I was, I was super afraid of the things that I was experiencing I yep. would hear things I would see things and so I would tell them like I don't want to I don't want to see or hear things I don't want to make contact unless you're all, like you're only welcome in my dreams because that's the only place where I can receive and not be completely terrified yeah and um and I would I would get those dreams and you know I'm sorry mom but she would also get those dreams about me and about <laughs> what I was experiencing yeah. um and then when I heard this uh this woman speaking on um on her philosophy about um shadow people and working with demons and things like that this specific podcast was about challenging fear and what do you do once the fear has subsided what's on the other side of fear and I was just like my mind was blown I was like I didn't even consider that there's another side I just get freaked out and then <laughs> shut it down you know yeah and uh and yeah and then I was like okay I'm fucking open now <laughs> like let's yeah. do this shit yeah. and it took it took me a couple years to really get in the groove of that. And then I ended up getting tattooed with, you know, like a planchette on the center of my chest over the word yes. yes. And that just symbolized my openness to the spirit realm. Like I am ready. I am open to receive and let's fucking do this thing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying um, that, you know, fear, it comes up, you know, we're animals, <laughs> we're humans, yeah. and uh, it's just a part of like our natural response. And you can, you know, encounter fear and decide to move toward it. Um, you can do that like like the paranormal investigation stuff, um, 
<laughs> if you told me when I was that five-year-old little goth kid um, wearing the Elvira <laughs> costume that I was going to later like do paranormal investigating, I would have been totally freaked out. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but like there is something very valuable in looking at like what you're afraid of and being like, you know what, and I'm going to do it anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, the, all the credit to Sorceress Cagliastra because that was the catalyst for me for so many things that I've gotten myself into um, in a very positive way. Like the, there's just this common theme in everything that I do of like push past your fear, push past that feeling of the safe space. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you need to put yourself in situations that are challenging to you. Otherwise you're not growing as a person. Like that's at least how I feel about that situation. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like anything, I don't know, like anything like worth doing usually comes with a level of discomfort and oftentimes it's, it's fear. So if you're one of yeah. those folks that like tends to only hang out in the lighter quote unquote side of spirituality, like, you know, it would probably really serve you to confront your fear of, mm -hmm. Um, our side of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> I like to call it the dark end of the rainbow. Um, yeah. uh, you know, to really like just with an open mind and open heart, like check it out and, you know, learn some things about yourself and about others and about like the ways of the universe and maybe walk away with a deeper understanding of why folks like, you know, you, Lauren, do what you do or why I do what I do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're not random. We exist for a reason. You know, there's a reason that you're doing the healing work that you're doing, et cetera, and so forth. Um, I wanted to ask you, Lauren, uh, or yeah, about your, um, like, spiritual beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, how do you identify, like, is there a particular, like, spirituality or religion that you identify because I don't want to assume <laughs> sure there's there, it's definitely not religious um I don't subscribe to any particular religious um philosophy but I am very much a spiritualist uh, I identify as a chaos magician just because that's the only thing that I can really nail down that seems to be the closest thing that I practice um and so really what that is, is just that you take accountability for yourself. You are a constant student. You're constantly learning. You're always adding things to your magical knowledge bag and you utilize whatever it is that you learn and whatever it is that ends up working for you. And it could come from any culture, any religion, any spirituality. It doesn't have to come from anywhere. It could be completely intuitive. Um, so there's, there. I mean, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do what I want. <laughs> but I definitely, you know, there's, there's cultures that I pull from that I really heavily, like, um, I, I just really am attracted to their specific um philosophies of life I, I mentioned Hindu um, you know the suspension stuff within uh, the native tribes you know the Navajo weren't specifically uh, a tribe that did any kind of like blood ritual or anything like that it was more like the Lakota and the Mandan tribes that were doing suspensions and and um, like the, the sun dance and stuff like that but um, obviously that has become a huge part of my life um, so yeah, and even like, again, pain ritual, because that's hugely what I'm about, but, uh, you know, Taiki Sam, um, they're doing, they're submitting themselves in a very painful way to, um, basically honor their ancestors and honor their gods, um, and they're doing it joyfully. Like these people have machetes through their face and they're dancing in the street joyfully. Yeah. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing what the human body can take and what, you know, the human mind can, can push themselves through. Um, yeah. So really like 
I'll pull from anywhere. I'll pull from anything. If it's something that feels right to me, I do it. Um, I don't do it without a lot of research behind it. So, I mean, my library is extremely extensive and I'm constantly reading and um, I'll never stop. I'll never have all the answers, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I also just like variety and trying a bunch of new shit because who knows? I mean, when you throw everything at the wall, something's going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I love that. I'm a forever <laughs> occult student too. Um, yeah. I mean, and, people come to me and they're like, oh, you know so much. I'm like, oh, hell no. I I know nothing. There's so much more that I want to dive into, but you know, I can certainly help you along the path. It just takes a conversation or two, you know? Definitely. I don't know. I just think it's really rad that you do what you do. And I hope that if folks, you know, end up looking you up and your events and, and the different, um, like Coven of Ashes and the dark ambient sound bath, you know, like know that yes, visually it's very different from what you're used to seeing. And that's yeah, it's definitely like visually it can be very disturbing. Like the sound bath orally, it can be, disturbing it's meant to move you it's meant to challenge you and you can do that as anybody you can do that as a white light practitioner you know um I have a a few white light friends that we we sit there and we talk about shadow work and they've they've done workshops on shadow work and I'm like fucking go like do this shit bitch I love it (laughs) (laughs) and then they they ended up offering me like you know a job to do a blood magic course in their in their um collective so they really respect and understand where I'm coming from and and all it takes is communication and understanding and openness to Uh, see that there's different ways to go about things, you know? Yeah, and to, like, also remember that, like, pre-colonialism, things weren't painted over with this, like, whitewashed, uh, like, Gwyneth Paltrow yoga pants, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm thinking of, like, you know, the Aztecs, like, throwing heads down the uh, temple steps and things like that you know and like all of these intense um, visceral yeah Yeah. just this visceral primal actions that like meant something even more to them I mean you can't just pray your demons away I think you know especially with like the the white light sound baths that I was talking about this white light magic even it's it's beautiful. It has its purpose, but for me and my trauma and my darkness, it slaps a bandaid and it feels good for a little while, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get to the root of the source. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get down to the nitty gritty and understand why it is that I'm either having these mental health issues or why I'm experiencing something darker, why I'm seeing these shadow people. And it's all very interesting to me. It's more interesting to me than it is to imagine a pink cloud surrounding <laughs> me and, and that fixing me. That doesn't feel right to me. So, um, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm totally like paraphrasing what, what their specific um, yeah. ideologies are. Like with, with all due respect, it's just not something that I... Uh, feel very pulled to that that will actually work for me yeah and you know me either and so you know if you're folks at home uh, if you feel that way too know that there are other people out there in the world that you know feel the same way that that's just not what we gravitate to um, there's there's more black sheep out there I assure you <laughs> yes <laughs> There really are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, before we wrap things up, Lauren, um, can you share with us like all the ways that folks can connect with your work, whether it's Coven of Ashes, the Dark Ambient Sound Bath, um, any and everything at all, just where they can find you, how they can support your work, and if they want to throw you a tip, your cash tags too. Awesome. Um, 
So you can find more information. You can find gallery footage, um, our mission statement on covenofashes.com if you're interested in uh, viewing some public ritual um, that is all-inclusive, femme-fronted, and um, utilizing ritual intent and movement and artistic expression. Um, So covenofashes.com. We're also on Instagram at covenofashes. I guess the the cash app would be PayPal, (laughs) (laughs) covenofashes at gmail.com. You can direct questions there even. Um, dark ambient sound bath would be darkambientsoundbath.com. Same thing with the Instagram, be at dark ambient sound bath. Um, and again, same thing with the cash app would be PayPal, uh, dark ambient at gmail.com. And then I also have a new venture that I'm going to be opening, um, October 1st. And that is my, uh, it's called Sui Generis Magica. And that is my personal endeavor where I am going to be teaching workshops and classes and providing handmade provisions for left-hand occultists. That's um, so awesome. this is <laughs> definitely for people that identify as the black sheep, people that want to go their own way, uh, people that don't rely on a higher power necessarily to uh, guide their work. They're willing to stand in their power and be autonomous with that. So. I will be, I'll be doing oils, um, limited runs of oils, uh, making altar hangings for specific representations. Um, I, I do readings, um, intuitive readings, but um, not, not too many of those. I, I really want to focus on uh, the classes and workshops and getting people to understand a different perspective. So blood yeah. magic workshop is coming up. Um, if you're interested at all in incorporating blood uh, or any type of pain ritual into your magic, that's going to be the class for you. (laughs) (laughs) It it will definitely, it's not for people that are squeamish. You're going to see some shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I am not, I am not like putting putting it in terms of like putting it in layman's terms like I am I'm going all for it you're gonna get the nitty-gritty it's uh and I'm gonna get deep into it we're gonna get deep into the history of blood magic we're gonna get into safety we're gonna get into um practical application and further readings and stuff like that so there's a lot (laughs) I'm so excited I'm so excited that this collective asked me to present this perspective because it's so underutilized and underpresented. Um, I took a blood magic course from another uh, source just to see like, what can I touch on that these people are not touching on? And I just realized that my whole philosophy is so different because of my um, suspension and, um, you know, pain ritual perspective. I'm not trying to get away from the pain. The pain is a part of that ritual. Um, The blood is just the byproduct, really. So, um, yeah, if you want to learn more about that, um, my Instagram is sui generis magica, and the website is currently being worked on. Um, But, yeah, that launches October 1st. How exciting. I know. <laughs> I know some of the folks that follow my work will definitely be into that. So I'm glad you shared that with us. You know, awesome. Lauren, I have to say thank you so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to share all that you do um, and all that you represent on this special <laughs> spooky season episode. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I really appreciate you. So thank you. It's our season of power. Yeah, it and is. This is our time, man. You know, like pierce that veil, get shit done. Exactly. Honor your ancestors. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's a lot of magic in the air right now. So get down to it, you know, yep. Yep. And cha- always challenge yourself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, this is, this is awesome. And, you know, I, I told you about being nervous and stuff because 
you can throw hooks in me and throw me bloody and naked into a into a performance situation and I'm fine but talking about it I'm like ah <laughs> so see I'm challenging my fear that's what I do hey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Walk that talk. No, that's perfect. Right? Um, that's totally perfect. Uh, you know, and it, we need to hear that too. So, you know, thank you for being willing to uh, confront that fear and uh, speak about it all with us. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Thanks well, so much for having me. Of this course. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get to go to one of the, um, sound baths one of these days oh yeah we're we're doing one this sunday i'm not sure when this is going to be aired but this sunday the 27th mm-hmm. uh, at 8 p.m pacific standard time but uh if you don't want to tune in live um there will be a recording on on dark so you can experience it whenever the hell you want to perfect because a lot of folks listening are from all over the world yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's super helpful well oh thank you all for listening um please don't forget to give us a good podcast review on itunes or google play whatever you're listening from and of course you know share with your friends and until next time happy season of the witch <laughs> bye <laughs> bye tuning in to another episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting it on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash revolutionarymystic. All of our guests are paid as part of a movement to hashtag actually support witches of color by creating financial equity. You can also check out the online Hoodoo Botanica, book psychic readings, take online classes, apply for the scholarship program for witches of color, join the free Facebook group, and watch witch tips on my YouTube channel by visiting revolutionarymystic.com. This episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is an online platform where licensed therapists can counsel you remotely, meaning you can receive therapy from the comfort of your pajamas, in your home, with your witchy familiars at your side. Seriously, whether you've got 10 cats, a pack of wolves, a house full of ghosts, or a questionable amount of houseplants like some of us do, BetterHelp.com is there so you don't have to leave your magical brood behind if you can't or don't want to. To use BetterHelp.com, you must be 18 or over. While part of your regular self-care, BetterHelp.com is not a crisis line. However, you do get access to licensed therapists, and it's available worldwide through four different ways to connect. Text, chat, video, and phone. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. I know how finding the right therapist can bring up a lot of anxiety, but the good news is it's easy to change counselors if you need to. The cost of therapy through betterhelp.com ranges from $35 to $65 per week. And guess what? Because the struggle is real, financial aid is available. So check it out. These are wild times we're living in and taking care of your mental well-being is revolutionary. Go to betterhelp.com witchy for your first week free. That's visit betterhelp.com witchy for your first week free.